You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. Father Randall Kiesel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, We've had some great guests, and we have one more to go here this morning. And we welcome with us Kevin Wells. Kevin, thank you for being on with us this morning. Hey, Father. Awesome to be with you. Great. And you're doing some great work for the Church. I looked up your website here, and we have you on, especially uh, to talk about a book that you've published called The Priests We Need to Save the Church. Uh, I've seen this cover title. I've looked at it. I have not read it yet, but I uh, thank you for doing that great work. But before we get into this, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your life journey to bring you to this point where you're making these great contributions to the church? Hey, Father, sure, I'd be happy to. So I'm a, you know, kind of a traditional Catholic family, large Irish Catholic family, grew up outside of Washington, D.C. I'm from a family of priests. Um, my brother Dave the priest, my uncle Monsignor Thomas Wells, was a powerful priest until, Father, he was murdered in his rectory in 2000. Hmm. And after he died, that's when, um, uh, through a series of events, a lot of things sort of came to me about, you know, thoughts. You know, what, what is a priest? How, what does he resemble? What does he do? Is he set apart from God for a sacred purpose? And more and more and more, I began to see holy priests as rock climbers. You know, they never stop. They have this, um, everything in their tank is for God and for the laity. And and, and candidly, Father, I, I um, as the years went by, I got married, had kids, and more and more and more, I saw often where um, pastors or parochials in my diocese, my former diocese of Baltimore, it seemed that, um, there was actually a comfortability. Um, you know, it, it sounds very arrogant for a guy like me, you know, a member of the lady, to see, hey, oh my gosh, there's a damning up of truth. There's a damning up of, of something that can get me to heaven. There's a contraception of, of the prophetic voice. And mm-hmm. so after a while, as a writer, I said, you know, I'd like to propose to priests who John Vianney was, Bosco, Neary, Colby, and and I put this book together as an old sports writer and just told stories about the holy priests of, of times gone past, and I guess it resonated. Mm-hmm. Amen. It does. Uh, as I think about what you're describing, it, it does resonate, uh, the priests that we need for the Church and to save the Church, in a sense, as well. I, but going back to your uncle, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Monsignor Thomas Wells and some things that he did, and what, what happened when he was murdered in his rectory? Tom Wells. Um, came came out of the birth canal as just a power. He he uh, he had energy. He had humor. He he loved Mary. He he was just a guy who, from a very early age, uh, loved his faith and had a lot. He loved people, and he knew early on he wanted to be a priest. So, in the early seventies, he became one. And 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 back then, in the seventies and eighties, the cardinal in D.C., Cardinal Hickey. He would sort of use him to stamp out fires at parishes. So maybe a, mm-hmm. a parish was scandalized, or a parish was too wealthy or too poor, and he used to kind of hopscotch around the archdiocese. And and really, Father, you know, his last parish, um, twenty nine years into his priesthood, was a scandalized parish for for unspeakable things that were happening in that mm. rectory. So so a year into it. Um, he was found murdered, 
stabbed to death in that rectory in the year two. It was worldwide news. It was gruesome. And um, mm. so uh, he was just a power. He, he, you, you line up 100 priests in a row in D.C., and you ask, you know, which, which guy loved the Eucharist the most? Which guy went just dove into souls? Which guy just just um, preached prophetically? And, and those priests would say, man, that guy, Monsignor Tom Wells, he got it done. Hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. Beautiful that he gave that witness. He immersed himself in all that he was doing for the love of Christ and his church. And so tell us about how this transitioned into the book, because it, it looks to me that the this became the connection between your uncle and then what you want to speak through the book, uh, what the priests we need to save the church. Yeah, well, well, after he died, Father, I was thinking, you know, what what does the holy priest look like? You know, the dominoes of God's natural laws are falling left, right, and center, and it seems that very often uh, laity or or even priests won't pick them up. They're not going to reach down and pick them up and sort of sort of go out into the public square as authentic Catholics. And you know, who? So I started to think, who's going to abandon themselves completely to this world? Who's habitually disposed to becoming a saint? And I started to think about, you know, what the priest looks like. Well, he sacrifices all his comfort. Everything in his heart and mind and work is for God. Um, he's set apart for a sacred purpose. And, uh, and so really, I started to think, you know, he, he's got to endure like or embrace a sweet violence. He's got to suffer to try and save these souls. So, so I, just, um, I, I, I just proposed like eight identifiers. What does the holy priest look like? What does he do? What did all the great ones do? You know, I, I'm just an old washed-up sports writer. All I did was do a lot of research <laughs> and study. Mm-hmm. And I proposed, I proposed what the great ones did, what the paragons did. And I stuck up and I held up the ante. I held up what he did with 12 hours of confession. I held up Bosco, you know, taking these abandoned kids and seeing their potential and saying, no, you're going to live. You're not a street kid. You're, you're a stud. You're a saint. You're a future saint. And I held these up. And I'll, and I'll tell you, Father, um, the craziest thing happened, and I wouldn't have thought it in a million years, but priests from not only all, of, all over the country, but actually outside the country, really said one thing. If you could sort of cobble together a lot of their letters, phone calls, and emails was, hey, man, you called me out. I became mm-hmm. comfortable. I became a bachelor as a priest. When I was in seminary, I wanted to be the Annie. And I took my foot off the accelerator. I got comfortable, and and your book called me out. It's not my book, you know. I'm working with the Holy Spirit here, but but that book called me out, and I'm not going back. I'm not going back to that comfortability that I embraced. And um, so, really, it's just kind of proposing heroism. Mm-hmm. Amen. That that's inspiring to hear you describe this. That that's awesome. Um, I'm wondering what sort of things do you see? Uh, I, I mean. For priests now, is there anything that sticks out, the most urgent thing needed? Because the dynamics in the Church and the dynamics of each time, they're always changing, uh, but the the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is meeting that challenge. Is there anything you see, particularly looking now and in, in the near future? Yeah, I think right now, again, this, this, this just comes from a member of the laity, but right now what we hunger for, what we starve for, is a priest to get behind the ambo and say, hey, look, I'm your spiritual father. And I might be preaching on things that are indelicate today, but it is my, the burden of my identity to try and lead every member in this pew before me to heaven. So I'm going to preach prophetically, because the Holy Spirit stuck it in me, and I'm not going to hold it back. I'm not going to damn it up. I'm going to preach. 
So I think what the, the Catholic lady hungers for, especially in the aftermath of 2018 and the Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Grand Jury, all that, they want a spiritual father to speak truth prophetically, not timidly, not with you know a flat-footedness, but just, I'm your father, please forgive me if you're stung now. We can talk about it in the vestibule after Mass. But right now, I'm here to lead you to truth. I think mm-hmm. we're starving for that. And the other thing, Father, I'll say is is we, we want displays of it. Like a priest that prays a rosary walking around the neighborhood, it really sort of lights these, it lights us on fire. It shows us that he's praying for us. When we catch a priest praying a, praying a holy hour all by himself, and we, we, we see that as laity, we're like, hey, man, that's great. We got, we got a father who's actually praying for his parishioners. We, we not only need to hear the voice, the blazing furnace of the truth, but we also need to see that witness of a father who cares for us. So I think that's what the lady really hunger for today. Mm-hmm. And why is it, do you suppose, that, that priests, perhaps they have the ideal, I'm going to do that, but then that wanes, or maybe even they weaken in their resolve to, to speak or to, to act in those ways? What, what do you think happens? One word, comfort. Mm-hmm. They are too comfortable. I'm going to speak candidly, Father. No, go because ahead. Because they know they might get jacked in the jaw after parish for, for saying something about homosexuality or gender or mm-hmm. whatever. If he, if he preaches that way, he doesn't want the confrontation, so he softens the message. That's Rather, it. Rather, you know, Aquinas defined effeminacy as when a man should stiffen and harden and step into something that needs to be stepped into. He instead softens and draws back. That's the greatest problem. This is just me on my microscopic soapbox. The greatest problem of the past 50 years is spiritual fathers have softened. Rather yes. than stepping into the morass of our world and culture, they have not stepped in, and now our world is on fire. So we, we want men. We want John Wayne busting through saloon doors. He doesn't <laughs> care about what's on the other side, right? He doesn't care. He's like, hey, man, there's going to be chaos, but they called on me, so i got to bust on through. That's all we want, because at the end of the day, all we can do is oblige who we are. You know, as a dad, I'm not going to let my daughter go out dressed, dressed promiscuously. I'm not going to let my boy go out till 2 in the morning when his curfew's at 11. I'm going to wait up, because that's, my, that's what I do as a dad, and that's what priests do as fathers. You know, I really appreciate how you develop that, you know, beginning with comfort, that, that there is, you're right in the, the one word, and then you expanded on it. Comfort from what? You know, because conflict, conflict is one of the hardest things to deal with, whether, well, pretty much in any area of life, whether it's, say, um, you know, I grew up in a family, I'm the eight out of nine, whether it's in family life or whether it's parish life or whether it's in the church in general, we're, we're living in a, 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 you know, I think in our age more than ever because of the diversity of mindsets and ideas and m- moral uh, ideas that we are in a lot of conflict. And how do we deal with the conflict? And I think your first idea is that we have to let ourselves be uncomfortable conflict is uncomfortable. Uh, and so I, th- I think you, you developed that a, in a really good way. Um, can you add anything more onto that at, at all, Kevin, on the, the idea of conflict? Well, well, sure. I think when we're myopic, I think this, the plague of society is myopia. So we look at our own comfort first. What's going to bring me comfort and safety? Well, okay, that means that I can't address something that needs to be addressed because I don't want to get hammered. So, so all the great martyrs throughout the history of the Church they were the exact opposite of myopic. They said, no, 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 I owe God everything in my tank. I owe God the truth that lives in me. 
So my reason, not my emotion, my reason tells me to step into it. Amen. Well, Kevin, we're going to go to a little break here, and we're great to hear from you. We have Kevin Wells, who wrote a great book called uh, The Priest We Need to Save the Church. You're listening to Father Randall Kazel from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Kevin Wells. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com. So I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. We need to hear from our spiritual side. We are spiritual beings. We are not secular beings trying to be spiritual or gain a spirituality. We are His, and we are spiritual beings trying to learn how to live in a secular world. Every every way we can, uh, Something that happened to us uh, 20 years ago, our home was destroyed. We were homeless for a while. And the bottom line is everything came together. We had a huge debt when we got all finished. Four years ago, we were able to pay off all of that debt. God not only provided a means, but a plan uh, of which to do that. It's, It's really amazing when you believe and try to act accordingly how the whole thing can work out. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. You're listening to Father Randall Kiesel from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. Thank you for staying with us. If you want to listen to any of these programs on podcasts, go to realpresenceradio.com, realpresenceradio.com. You'll find there all of the, the background and the podcast for these presentations and other information uh, on our local Catholic radio. We're blessed to have with us Kevin Wells, uh, the author of a great book called The Priests We Need to Save the Church and other uh, books as well. Kevin, thank you for being with us this morning. Thanks, Father. And so we're talking about how uh, we want to have priests be challenged uh, to proclaim the gospel in its fullness, to not be afraid, to not give in to comfort, uh, nor be afraid of conflict. And so how can, uh, and I agree, this is a big challenge, it's a challenge for me, but uh, how would you propose that we continue to challenge and encourage priests uh, to be in this way for the love of Christ and souls? Well, that's a great question, Father. You know, what I, I only say this because I've done it. Um, after 
aftermath sometimes when I've seen Father reluctant to preach on the gospel that maybe addressed something that was indelicate. I'll say something along the lines of, hey, Father, hey, it's Kevin here. You know, you know I love you. You know I'll pray for you. But Father, but Father, you, you, showed, you showed me, in a certain sense, a lack of courage from behind the ambo today at Mass today. How can I be courageous if you're not showing me courage? And, and Father, how can I be holy, in a certain sense, if you, as my spiritual Father, is not showing me how to be holy? Father, I need you, my family, my wife, um, to, to a different level. And essentially, I need you to lead me to sanctity, to heaven, and when you when you contracept that voice, then then you're contracepting not only me but your parish, and you're hurting God. So I think it's frank talk, and we don't say it like uh, arrogantly or, or mean uh, with a mean spirit. We say it boldly but charitably. And and sometimes I think that Father Father will will sort of be pierced by it because mm-hmm. it's not an email, it's not a letter, it's a face to face, eyeball to eyeball conversation about some a sense of fidelium that rose up in us. It's like, no, that's not right. And I'm going to talk to Father about my thoughts. I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm just going to expose what sort of rose up in me. Yeah, and I, I love that imagery, Kevin, because uh, the the relationship, you, you allude to the, the sexual powers in marriage, they're powerful, and they will be fertile if allowed to just be naturally expressive. And so it is with the gospel. If the gospel is proclaimed, if it is taught in its fullness, it will be, in a sense, fertile. It will make new converts. It will win souls to Christ. That's the gospel and its proclamation does that. And one, one other thing I throw out to you, Kevin, is it, it, like you mentioned, you come to Father and you talk to him, and that, that alludes to the, the relationship that priests have with his, his faithful, with his people. We, we walk, in a, in a sense, toward Christ together. Uh, there is a leadership role for the ordained priest, but how, what, what do you suggest to our listeners, the lay people in parishes? How can they help support their pastors, their priests, to do as exactly what you're suggesting, to get out there and proclaim the gospel? Well, I, I would say this. I think it's easy, Father. You, you go up to your pastor and say, where do you most need me? Like, look around your parish. Do you, are you lacking a CCD instructor? Are you lacking an RCIA teacher? Do you need your lawn mowed? Do you need your, your snow shoveled, your driveway? Father, where do you need me now? Because I want to serve you. If you're going to be my father, then I'm your son. And I, and I need to get to work for you. So let's just say, Father, you're being attacked by parishioners who are like, oh, Father's coming down too hard on gender ide- ideology or Black Lives Matter or whatever's out there in the culture floating around. Well, well, the lady will say, hey, Father, man, you know what? You're preaching truth, and I'm here to stick up for you. So I'm going to, I'm going to in that man is you or men's group or whatever it is, I'm going to support you, and I'm going to have others support you. And we're going, to, we're going to pray holy hours for you that you can stay strong. We're going to, we're going to build you up. We're going, to, we're going to bring you in our backyard bonfire. We're going to give you a beer or whatever. Father, you're our boy, you're our wingman, and we're going to hold you up. So I, I would just say that, that candid conversation between a father and his son. Father, how can I serve you best? Amen. And that becomes the mutual reciprocity. That's what that I've experienced on many occasions, uh, that when I've gone out proclaiming the gospel, that there have been faithful who have come and assisted. And uh, there, there's always 
difficulties and adversities of different kinds to face. Some of them uh, surprise me at times, but at other times, it's a real joy to see how uh, even our Lord raises up different people to help me or to help us together to meet those challenges. And have you seen any kind of uh, fruitfulness in this as you have assisted, say, your pastor, or you've seen the faithful around you to come to the aid of your priests? And what, what sort of things have you seen happened uh, as a part of that relationship of mutual aid? Oh, yeah, Father. You know, I, uh, so I, I'll go through cinder block walls for a spiritual father who preaches the truth. Who, who sticks his nose out for the laity, who does not care because he knows it's his burden to try and lead soul, souls to heaven. So, so when, I, when they see, you know, my friends and I or my wife, my family, um, sort of do whatever we can for them, it gives them energy, it gives them vigor, it gives them more power to go on. But I'll be honest, Father, I'm not going to move an inch for a spiritual father who I see is reluctant to do those things. We'll go back to, we'll, we'll circle all the way back spiritual father who is comfortable, who's mm-hmm. living like a bachelor, who's afraid to take on things that are prickly and thorny, those yep. that, that, that contracept, I'm not going to move an inch for him. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and if I propose things, um, you know, what truth, and, I'm, and hopefully I'm proposing only truth, and he still beats it back, then I'm going to change my parish. I mean, mm-hmm. I, matter of fact, I've, I've had to do that, unfortunately. It's, it's all we want, again, I go back. All we want is someone who wakes up every day who says, I want to resemble Jesus Christ uh, in persona Christi and do whatever I can to lead my soul to heaven. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. That's refreshing to hear that. We we need more Kevin Wells in this world. So we want people to read your book. So, Kevin, where can people get your book if they say, hey, I like what Kevin Wells is sharing and I want to learn how I can learn more about the priests that we need for the church? Uh, where can they find it? Well, they can go to, to thepriestweneed.com or kevinwells.org or just go on to Amazon. They can order order from there. And what if listeners go on and they say, what sort of things will they find? Is there any instruction in your book about how lay people can help priests or any particular thoughts you can have in that direction once they have your book? Oh, yeah, man. Father, there's, there's, there's a whole lot in there, what, how the laity can help support their holy priests. I mean, look, as you said, Father, there's a reciprocity. You guys are spiritual fathers. We're begging, begging for you guys to help lead us. So, so we need to support you. So I... I would just encourage your reader to, to pick up the book, and they can, they can see a, a lot of suggestions in there to, to help your, your local parish priest. Very good, Kevin. We have about 30 seconds left. Any final bits of advice for our listeners out there uh, that you would recommend? Yes, I, I got one. So, Father, you, you, you kind of put the ball on the tee. Um, I've, I've, Ignatius Press just released my latest book, Priest and Beggar, The Heroic Life of Venerable Aloysius Schwartz. He is he is the teeth, or I should say, he's the skin on the bones of the priest we need to save the church. So I would encourage your listener to, to go to Ignatius.com and look at Priest and Beggar, the heroic life of Venerable Aloysius Schwartz, an American superhero. Amen. Kevin, it's been a delight to have you on. I encourage you in your love for Jesus and his church and love for the priesthood to keep up your great work and keep close to our Lord and our Blessed Mother. And we're going to turn it over to Therese here at Real Presence Radio, the main office. And Therese, can you give us a preview of the shows coming up? Yeah, thank you, Father. So on the next Real Presence Live, that's tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, hosts Amanda 
Ellerkamp and Mike Kudrowski will be coming to you live from Trinity High School in Dickinson, North Dakota. Monsignor Thomas Richter from the Diocese of Bismarck will talk about how we can learn to trust in the Lord. And do you have the eyes of faith? Father Bob Shea will share more about this. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you, Therese. And we have a lot of great things coming up here for Real Presence Radio. I'm broadcasting here from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island. So in our area, we have a fundraiser banquet coming up. Uh, that's going to be November 4th, so just about 10 days from now. I encourage our listeners in this area of Rochester, maybe going over to Austin or over to Winona, uh, to come to the uh, event. It's going to feature Dr. Stacy Trosankos. She's going to be the keynote speaker. Uh, I believe Bishop Quinn is going to be there, and I'll be there. See, it's the plan. Uh, that will be Thursday, November 4th, 2021. And it's a sponsor event. It's a fundraiser for Real Presence Radio. You can go to register online at realpresenceradio.com or call 877-795-0122 uh, or email at jessica at realpresenceradio.com for more information. So I encourage you to come. It's uh, uh, Thursday evening, November 4th at the Rochester Event Center in Rochester, Minnesota. We'd love to fill it up and get a lot of people there to support Real Presence Radio and this great effort to keep our Catholic programming on. I love Real Presence Radio. I love the mission of being able to talk about our faith, including uh, with today's programming. And if you go to the website, uh, Real Presence Radio, you'll find uh, the old podcasts from broadcasts that have been uh, on in the past. You can also listen live through the website as well. You might be traveling and not keep the uh, transmission on the station, whatever you're listening to, or change uh, power stations, and all of a sudden you can uh, get it up on your through the website. And we're out of time here this morning. Thank you for staying with us. And let us close with a prayer. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. And may Almighty God bless you in your day and week, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And look forward to being with you again. Have a great week. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.